Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's episode 50 of Podcast Royal. How exciting. And we are closing 2021 with our Royal Year in Review, where we break down our top 10 most memorable royal moments of the year and share what we're most looking forward to in 2022. What will make the list? Stay tuned. We made 50 episodes. Hi. (laughs) Congratulations to us. Cheers to us all the way. It's episode 50. That's, you know, let's just bask in that for a second because that's a pretty big deal. That's a lot of episodes. It is. It really is. Um, That's essentially 50 hours of us talking. Right. Yeah. At least. (laughs) Yeah. And so that, that makes me happy. Well, welcome everyone to episode 50. How are you? I am doing great. How are you? I'm good. We were just talking offline. We are this close to our Christmas breaks. I think you are working most of this week, but I'm off Thursday and Friday and it's Tuesday as we record this. So I feel vacation in the air and I'm so excited. Me too. And you know, I think that's probably what I'm into this week is just (laughs) the holiday festivities, all of the, all of the Christmas stuff that we do. Um, and, and just relaxing and taking a little bit of time to unplug. And I really hope our listeners, I hope you listen to this episode this week and enjoy it. And then take some time off with your family and friends as well, because Mm. I think, you know, it's been such a busy year and, and we've had a lot going on and a lot of changes and it's nice to just take a little bit of time off and enjoy it before we kick off 2022. I can't believe 2022 is just around the corner. I, I say this every year, but this was again, one of the fastest, quickest years of my life. I just think that that this is how it is now. Yeah. The years just, the days are long, but the years are short. And so I can't believe 2022. Wow. So as for what I'm into this week, former podcast, Royal guest and photographer, Chris Jackson and his wife, Natasha Archer, who is Kate's stylist. I did not know this. I did not know they were expecting, nor did I know they were married. Welcomed their second child. Chris posted a beautiful photo of the baby's older brother, three-year-old Theo with his baby brother in front of a Christmas tree. It always helps when, you know, you have a photographer in the family to snap these beautiful photos. Um, It truly is the most wonderful time of the year. Congratulations to all. And like I said, color me uninformed, but I had no idea they were married. Obviously I know who Chris Jackson is and I know who Natasha Archer is that, like I said, that's Kate stylist. I had no idea that they were married. Yeah. I didn't know that either. And I was just sitting here thinking, I wonder, I mean, you would have to assume that's sort of how they met right through their, um, through so. their work with the, with the Royals. Um, but that's really, really cool. Well, if you listen back to our episode with Chris Jackson, you can hear Theo in the background running around. He was, he was adorable. <laughs> like he, I, he, I don't know if he was banging on some pots and pans. I mean, look, no complaints here. We love it. But um, I, I had no idea that they were expecting. So congratulations. That is what a great time of year to just hunker down with your family and celebrate this new edition. So congratulations from all of us at Podcast Royal, Chris. We are so happy for you. So we're going to move into a brief Royal rundown and Royals around the world before we get into the main event, which is our top 10 list. But In a week very representative of 2021, the Queen's Christmas plans have been a roller coaster ride. So right after we said on the show last week that the Queen's Christmas lunch at Windsor was a go, it was canceled. The UK's COVID cases are surging and the lunch was canceled as a precautionary measure at the time. I think they hoped that Sandringham would still happen, but unfortunately we learned Monday that the Queen is opting to stay at Windsor and will not be at Sandringham for Christmas this year. 
However, members of the family do plan to visit Her Majesty at Windsor and that the call was made after careful consideration. So why can't COVID just bugger off as our British friends might say? I'm so sick of this. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's it's really disappointing to hear that news. I was hoping that the family would still be able to find a way to get together. Um, you know, I don't think the UK is currently under any lockdowns right now. So I think they are. Oh, I don't know about lockdowns, but I know cases are surging. I, yeah, I'd heard that. I, I Last I heard, I didn't think they were under any lockdown. So, you know, I was hoping maybe the family would be able to, um, to, to still get together. So really disappointing. Yeah. Well, things just kept getting taken away one by one. So the lunch was taken away and then the walk to the church was taken away and then it was all taken away. So, I mean, I certainly hope it goes without saying that this is the queen's first Christmas without Philip. And you just hope that she is surrounded by family and I I'm positive they'll find a way to to see her and uh, you're I'm right sure I they will and yeah. you have to think about um you know it is tough when you're in that sort of role and you're asking the public to stay home and um you know maybe cancel plans and you know you you have to think about how it looks if you carry on with yeah. your with your parties and your walks as well. So they're probably trying to be sensitive to that as well. Yeah. I mean, she, in, in all of the articles I read, she was just as ever trying to set a good example. And so, um, gosh, I just, um, I, I just, I don't want her to watch the Christmas speech alone. That's like, I'm sure that she won't, but, um, I think we'll have some family there. I don't think they'll make a big deal out of it, but I think she will. Yeah, I, I agree. So, I found this very interesting as popular and pervasive as elf on the shelf is, at least in the U S I can't speak to the UK. It might make all of you, especially the moms among us feel better to know that Prince William has no idea what an elf on the shelf is. So Kate isn't doing an elf on the shelf. Apparently, Maybe that's not a thing in the UK listeners write us and let us know. But in the U S all of my mom friends have little elves and it's I mean it sounds exhausting from where I sit but opening up about some of his favorite Christmas traditions this week we learned this little gem as well as his favorite Christmas movie which is elf I actually just watched elf on Sunday night and I actually cried at elf so imagine me with (laughs) the wonderful life or any any other Christmas movie and his favorite Christmas song is Feliz Navidad which is so cool but he also loves sorry I can't take it he also loves Mariah Carey as well I don't know why that tickles me so much um he said for me generally bringing the family together at Christmas time is always lovely because we're quite spread out doing our things a lot of the time throughout the year we get very few moments to actually come together when I see my children meet up with my cousin's children and they all have a wonderful time playing together it's very special I look forward to that a lot. Of course, he had this interview before Sandringham was canceled. So it all just sounds just sad now. But any takes on William's Christmas favorites? Oh. I just Mar- William and Mariah Carey is like the ultimate combination for me. Well, first of all, Feliz Navidad is my least favorite. Is it really? Song. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes. I mean, it's it's literally every other song that they play on the radio during this time of year. Um, <laughs> and Mariah Carey's, uh, you know, I feel like that song's a little overplayed too. I, I do like other versions of it. Um, now, Elf, I definitely cry laughing in that movie. It is pretty funny. Um, I do enjoy that movie and elf on the shelf. I do think it's an American trend. I feel like I heard someone recently saying it wasn't, it started from like shark tank or something. I don't know, but I I think it, I think it's definitely a U.S. trend. And I know a lot of moms who are dreading ever starting that up because I think (laughs) (laughs) once you do it, it's, it's a lot of, um, you got to stick with it. So, (laughs) Uh yeah, no, it's, (laughs) but I think it's fun. I mean, you know, I don't have kids. If I had kids, I would probably be all into Elf on the Shelf because it looks like a really, really fun tradition in my opinion you would be um, the I, ultimate elf on the shelf person and I would be struggling and be like being like please give me some ideas I have no idea what to do with this elf I'm so <laughs> sick of this 
I almost cursed elf. Um, but you'll be, I mean, like when that time, when that season comes for you, you will rock the heck out of your elf on the shelf. Well, I do love his take on, you know, seeing his kids play with his cousin's kids. I feel like that's probably something people do really enjoy and in the time that they get to spend together. So, you know, it is, it's a bummer that they had to cancel so many of their plans this year, but I imagine they, you know, they do get to meet up throughout the year at, at various events. And I think that it's probably a really fun thing to see. Yeah. And we're going to come back to William in a second, but I did see that uh, Edward and Sophie's card Christmas card is out. What I wondered your thoughts on that. It's just very simple. They look nice. They look, Sophie looks beautiful. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, no, I feel like I'm like being a tough critic on, on our, our things so far this this episode, but I didn't love the Christmas card. Um, you know, it definitely looked like they were, you know, they were out, you know, at an event and someone snapped a quick photo that they weren't really prepared for kind of like the Charles and Camilla photo. I mean, they were just kind of like awkwardly standing like three feet apart. Um, it almost made me feel like that's a picture you would choose if you forgot to plan your Christmas cards and were scrambling for a photo. Like they were just like, ah, oh, you know, kind of smiling. The kids weren't in the photo. Um, you know, what were they like on a golf course or something? I think, um, they were somewhere outside and I, I didn't, I, I would have liked to have seen something a little bit more warm and fuzzy. Yeah, well, the, uh, sorry, Charles and Camilla, I know you're listening, but the bar was so low from them that anything, I mean, you're right, though, the more I think about it, they are kind of awkwardly spaced, there's no kids, and, you know, this was a big year for Louise, she just turned 18, and so you think that they would show them, I don't know, it's just, you're right, it, it, it's clearly, it, it appears to me that that photo was taken at some kind of event by probably by Chris Jackson or another royal photographer. And um, I don't know, I need, I need everyone to be on Cambridge level with their cards. That was a great. Yeah. I mean, I know the Royals don't typically show public displays of affection. And I know that Edward and Sophie seem to be a little bit more private and sharing images of their, their kids, but I would have hoped for a Christmas card. We would have gotten something a little bit more um cozy and and family oriented so and still no sussex card as of this recording on tuesday night so any over under do you think we'll get one Mm, no not at this point i think i don't know my hope is not lost yet if we don't have one by thursday the 23rd i'm gonna say we're not gonna get one but i mean i still hold out a little hope that may i mean this is this probably won't happen, but maybe this is how they'll debut Lily. I don't know. That would be great. Yeah. I mean, they could, I guess, pop us a surprise card a day or two before Christmas, but I'm for some reason, I'm not really expecting it this year. We'll see what happens, but um, I want to talk about William again, because apparently not only is her majesty losing sleep over deciding what to do about Christmas, but also about the fact that William very often flies via helicopter back and forth from London to Norfolk, where he and Kate share their Anmer Hall home. Now, it has long been established that heirs don't fly together on planes, but according to the Sun on Sunday, the Queen has told courtiers that she would like William to stop flying himself, like he's flying the helicopter. Not they're all riding in the helicopter, but I know he's an experienced helicopter pilot, but still, um, she would like William to stop flying himself, particularly in bad weather, as helicopters are not the safest form of transport. It keeps the queen awake at night, and she is understandably very worried. She knows William is a capable pilot, but does not think it is worth the risk for all five of them to carry on flying together and can't imagine what would happen. It would spark a constitutional crisis. So I just, I mean, obviously can't help but think of Kobe Bryant and that actually terrifies me too. So William, I know you're listening to this podcast, so please just drive or take the train or something, especially in bad weather. Plus that, that can't possibly be environmentally conscious. So I'd, I'd love to know what you think. Yeah. I mean, you know, they have this rule for a reason. They've had it for a long time that air shouldn't fly together or, you know, she, you know, doesn't want the whole family together for, for safety reasons, of course. Um, so I definitely agree with that. And also, I mean, to your point, I don't really know that I would want to travel by helicopter 
period either, especially as a regular form of transportation. Um, I do feel like people who are trained pilots really enjoy that experience set though. So I kind of wonder what his reaction is to that and, um, you know, how he feels about it. Um, but I think it's a reasonable request, especially from your grandmother, right? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you've got like with Charles being 73 and you've got, I mean, God, like I can't even fathom, but like if some, God forbid something happened, you've just knocked out like the entire future of the monarchy. And so, and not only that, but your grandson and great-grandson and, and your great-grandchildren and your, and Kate and everybody. I mean, that's just, that terrifies me. Like I did, I mean, obviously I didn't know that was going on and it's just, that, that freaks me out. I, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. There's got to be a better way. Yeah, for sure. Well, so hopefully William is listening. And if not to us, then to his grandmother, who is wise. And I think she's totally right. But so we're going to merge into royals around the world for a minute. So it's just COVID and COVID and COVID and COVID and COVID. We're sending well wishes to Princess Mary of Denmark. She has tested positive for COVID. Princess Mary is the wife of Frederick, who is the heir to the throne. For those that might not be aware, we don't talk a whole lot about Denmark on here, but these are this is a great couple. Um, she's currently isolating and no other family members are believed to have been infected. So we're sending all our love to her. And in better royals around the world news, Princess Madeline of Sweden and her family have returned to Sweden from their home in Florida to celebrate Christmas. And Madeline, her husband, Chris, and their three children took part in receiving their annual Christmas trees at the Royal Palace in Stockholm. Madeline and her, and her family were last in Sweden this past summer for the christening of Prince Carl Philip and Princess Sophia's youngest, Prince Julian. Seriously, how beautiful is Madeline? She is stunningly beautiful. I agree. I've always thought that she was very, very pretty and, and one of my favorite royals to, to follow. Um, and I think, you know, it's really cool that they live in Florida now, although I have wondered what made them choose Florida. Um, you know, Sweden, of course, seems like a really beautiful place and that's where all their family is. But um but I think it's really cool that they're they're here in the U.S. and um, Florida is a wonderful state. It's a great climate and, and a cool place to live as well. So um, glad they're back home with family for a little while though, and, and they're able to spend some time together during Christmas. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, it was her husband's job that took them there. I believe, okay. if, if I remember correctly, from our episode on them. But um, also her outfit in the photo of black and tartan reminded me a lot of Kate's look from about three-ish years ago. Did you agree? I don't know that I've seen that photo. Um, oh my gosh, you've got to see this photo of Madeline because she she is seriously, I mean, forget that she's a princess. She is incredibly beautiful. And I mean, the whole, you know how I feel about this. You know how I feel about Carl Philip in particular, like the whole Swedish royal family is is gorgeous and she she's beautiful and she's uh stunning so to wrap up royals around the world we've got a christmas card from princess charlene of monaco who took to instagram to share an illustration of albert charlene herself and their twins in front of a christmas tree to go along with the image charlene wrote wishing everyone a beautiful and safe festive season all my love. And she signed off with a heart emoji. So again, it is so good to hear from her. So Christmas cards from all over the world coming in and I love it. Yeah. And that's a really beautiful Christmas card. Um, I like, I like the one that she shared. I know I've, I've been a tough critic on some of our other ones, but love the Cambridge card. Love the one that princess Charlene shared. Yeah. And, you know, obviously she hasn't really been in Monaco much in 2021. She was in South Africa and now she's somewhere outside of Monaco receiving treatment. And so the illustration is beautiful. That's a great way to, you know, do a COVID-ish Christmas card if you can't have a formal posed photograph. And that was a beautiful idea. So bravo to her. So are you ready to get into the main event? <laughs> yes, I am. And I know you are too. You know, I'm so excited for this. So, okay. I want to clarify. These are our top 10 Royal moments of 2021. 
these are our most memorable royal moments, not necessarily our favorite royal moments, because I've got some negativity up in here. So, um, <laughs> I mean, Philip died, so like it can't all be positive, right? So, um, and we know that's going to make the list for both of us. So kick us off with your number 10 and we'll go Jessica, Rachel, Jessica, Rachel, and I'm sure obviously we'll overlap on some. So kick us off, friend. Yeah. So I'm going to start by saying these are, when I think of the past year, these are the moments that come to my mind. And I recognize that there are probably some big and impactful moments um, related to the royal family that maybe the media would tell us should make this list. And maybe they're not on my list because I chose what was most memorable for me. And, and so I want to put that out there before we go to the, through this list. Um, so That's number 10 for me, number 10 for me is the Cambridge's 10th wedding anniversary video. So, you know, you just can't forget the beautiful wedding day of William and Kate, when all of us Americans were up at the crack of dawn, you know, we watched their special day live on TV. And we've talked about this before on the podcast. I remember I was interning in Atlanta. So I was living there in the city. Um, I had an apartment and I was up and watching, um, you know, before work that day. And so this year when they released this, you know, really incredibly professionally produced video and, um, and, and some photos with their engagement, it was just really, um, it was a nice kind of bright spot in the year to remember that special day and to see their family that they've built over the last decade. Um, so I really love that. And it was a memorable piece for me. Um, and, and that was my number 10. Awesome. Well, my number 10 is Kate in gold, Megan in red. So in my mind, perhaps the two biggest royal fashion moments of the year for me were the back-to-back -back glamour looks of Kate in gold Ginny Packham at the James Bond premiere in London. And then of course, Megan in scarlet red Carolina Herrera at the Salute to Freedom Gala in New York City. So before the Omicron variant came around and ruined my hopes that maybe COVID was starting to be in the rear view, we had a rare back-to-back -back wow factor moment from both duchesses that made 2021, if for a brief moment, feel like 2018 or 2019 again. These women are beautiful and to see Megan at all, honestly, is a treat, but to see her in full Daniel Martin makeup, Serge Normont hair, Wes Gordon for Carolina Herrera gown, it made me happy and Kate literally glittered in gold. It felt like normalcy again. So that's my number 10. Yeah, and that was actually um, Kate's sparkling gown at the James Bond premiere was my number four. Awesome. Um, and I, I said the same thing. I said it was undoubtedly one of the most memorable moments for me and I think other royal watchers this year. Um, and I even toyed with, with putting this higher on my list. Ultimately, I landed at number four. Um, I think it just came at such a great time in the year. And it was a really the first, you know, kind of high glam red carpet event that we had seen in a while. Um, you remember Kate had a lot of rewears this past year, and this was a never before worn or seen dress. And it was so stunning. Not, not only did Kate look great, William looked great. The family looked great. It was a star studded affair. Um, and I, I think everyone was just wowed and excited. And um, it was just a fun event this year. So that's why it made number four on my list. Love it. So, so I'll move on and I'll do my number nine. Yep. All right. So number nine for me is when Kate meets Mila in her pink princess dress. I forgot about her. I'm so glad you have that on here. Well, you know, and I put in here in my notes, we had a, a lot of big memorable moments throughout this past year. And I think for many, this probably seemed kind of like a small royal moment. But for me, ever since I saw Kate make that phone call to Mila and then, you know, follow up with an in-person meeting wearing a dress Mila had requested. So listeners, if you don't remember, Mila participated in Kate's Hold Still project and Kate reached out to her on the phone. She was a five-year-old little girl. Um, she was a cancer patient and she had had a rough go of it during the pandemic. And on the phone, um, she told Kate that she loved pink and Kate said, I quote, 
Hopefully Mila will get to meet and then I'll remember to wear my pink dress for you. And she just did that. She did just that a few months later. Um, she met Mila at the Palace of Hollyroad House and had this really pretty pink dress on. And for me, it just gave us a glimpse into Kate's character, how well she interacts with children. It was a heartfelt moment and it really stuck with me. So I say thank you to the Duchess of Cambridge for remembering little Mila and wearing your pink princess dress. I can't believe I completely forgot about that moment. Obviously, listeners, if you haven't picked up on this, Jessica and I have not compared notes before no. beforehand. We have no idea what the other person is going to say. I think that makes it more fun. And I am so happy that that's on your list because I completely forgot it. So bravo. I almost said props and bravo at the same time. So I said bravo to you. Um, so my number nine could not be more of a 180 from the sweetness of Mila. My number nine is all of the brouhaha with Prince Andrew. So uh, total right turn. So Andrew is the persistent royal thorn in my side. I actually saw an article this week asking if there'd be any chance he'd return to royal duty someday. And my answer to that is I hope not. He needs to retire and he's really lucky he's not in jail, in my opinion. His trial is next year and it's just all so disturbing. Things you never hope to write about or talk about as a royal commentator. Andrew is the number one reason why my job as a royal commentator is not fun, but I guess you have to take the bitter with the sweet. So, of course, with all the Maxwell trial, the Maxwell trial wrapped up today, we're waiting on a verdict. So um, he was in headlines this year for, of course, his alleged involvement with Jeffrey Epstein. And 2022, for all of the proposed highs of the Platinum Jubilee, will no doubt be at least somehow marred by Andrew. Andrew ruins everything again and COVID. So it makes me angry, and I hope Andrew can get over his ego and just enjoy a quiet life at home at Royal Lodge with his two new grandbabies and his freedom, at least for now. So that's my number nine. Well, this is another overlap for us. So this actually made number five on my list. And I think it it was so high on my list because it is so fresh. Not only is it fresh, it's been ongoing for quite a while. Um, and, you know, I said this last week, it's an icky royal moment. Um, it's definitely not a great memory from this past year. Um, and and I, honestly, I think he did this to himself. I think he drew more attention to himself by causing such a scene. Remember when he was avoiding, um, you know, being served with the papers and going back and forth and hiding. And, you know, if that's not bad enough, we've got the Ghislaine Maxwell trial going on. Like you said, they wrapped up closing arguments today. We've both been following that. Um, and, and this is where, you know, we learned more about her and Jeffrey Epstein's connections to Andrew and their proximity to other members of the royal family. Um, that that photo surface of them at the Queen's Log Cabin and just, you know, it, it's been in my mind lately. So it, it made number five on my list, but um certainly not for any great reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Um, more to come on that, unfortunately. So what is your number eight? So number eight on my list is Kate's Christmas Carol concert, which hasn't even aired yet. <laughs> so she held the concert this month. We haven't seen it. It's supposed to air, I think in the UK on Christmas Eve, who knows when we'll actually get to see it. Yeah. But the reason this made my list is because, you know, it's really the first time in quite a while. I think that we've seen so many Royals together at an event and we got to talk fashion. Like we love to do. And like we used to do. Uh -huh. um, and I mean, I think there were so many great, you know, fashion moments and, and royals to spot at this event. We didn't even cover all of them on the podcast. I mean, you had, we had Kate, Princess Eugenie, Princess Beatrice, Zara Tyndall, Sophie Wessex, Pippa Middleton, Alize, Carol Middleton, you know, so many members there to support Kate. Um, and of course, it's in celebration of Christmas, which makes it even better. I saw some more beautiful pictures online of that event today. Um, so that was my number eight. I love it. Well, again, my, my number eight is the downer to your upper. My number eight is Charles's scandal. So with the queen's health scare this year, it reminds me now more than ever that Charles's reign is not too far off. I hope it's many years from now, of course, but the queen while a monarch is also mortal. She'll be 96 this upcoming April and Charles's personal peccadillos are something I've 
long had to accept, but as a leader and as a royal, his scandal with Michael Fawcett and the Princess Foundation and the Cash for Honor scandal is a disturbing portrait of him as a leader. I've said this a thousand times on the show, but Charles really can't win in this situation. Either he was complicit, which reports are showing he wasn't, or he is asleep at the wheel and not really leading well, even though apparently, according to Camilla, he's a workaholic and deeply invested in all aspects of his work, including at the Princess Foundation. So I'm, look, I'm rarely impressed by Charles, but this year takes the cake for me. So there's my number eight. Yeah, well, I'm glad that made your list because that one actually totally slipped my mind when I was putting this list together the other night. I didn't even think of that. And and we've talked about that quite a bit. Um, So it's not on my list. And I just kind of chuckled to myself when you said, Camilla said he's a workaholic, because when you're a royal, don't you have to be a workaholic? Isn't that your whole life? (laughs) Yes. And, you know, I guess you're bringing up the positive side of the house and I'm bringing up the (laughs) negative side of the house over here. So I got you. All right. What's your number seven? So my number seven, I feel like this is on your list somewhere. Um, Prince Harry goes on the late, late show with James Corden. That is not on my list. (laughs) Literally. I have nothing fun on my list. (laughs) Well, this made my list because it was truly really unexpected. I felt like it was just a big surprise. He just popped up on this show randomly and he was super relaxed. It was really out of character for a Royal. I thought it gave us a fun glimpse into Harry's new laid back California lifestyle. Um, And honestly, I really thought it was funny. I know he got a little bit of pushback for doing this, but I enjoyed it. Um, And honestly, to some of the other more controversial things he's been you know, associated with, I think this is pretty lighthearted and, and mild. Um, so I don't know. I liked seeing him sing, answer questions candidly about the family and, and really just have fun. I thought it was so funny when he did that, like, what was that? The obstacle course with yeah. James Corden. It was just, it was just a good, a good little bright spot for me. So I had to put it on here. Well, let me bring down the mood again <laughs> with, Thank you for the balance, Rachel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I usually, um, like, I don't know. I I'm pretty optimistic usually, but not today. Um, so my number seven is the queen's health scare. So perhaps the most frightening part of the year, uh, were the queen's persistent health scares ranging from back issues to possibly something more serious, including hospitalization, Uh, albeit briefly. Mortality has obviously been top of mind in 2021 with Philip's death. And while we've of course always known that the queen will someday take her final breath, this year it became real to me and and it scared me, honestly. Um, I rewatched the queen's speech in South Africa where she pledged her whole life, whether it be long or short, to service and to her role within the monarchy. And I, I broke down crying. I've been doing a lot of crying recently, even at Elf, like what is going on with me? But because these days it, it's so rare to see someone fulfill a vow and to keep true to a promise. And she has, that's what made me cry. And there will never, ever, ever be another Queen Elizabeth II, not even close. And even if we had someone I was looking forward to, to succeed her, I would be devastated at her, her loss. And While she's not perfect and she's human like the rest of us, she is one amazing queen. And I fear what will happen geopolitically and otherwise when she's not here anymore. I didn't include the Barbados um, thing that we talked about a few weeks ago, but, but I think that I can lump that in here and say, you know, I fear what will happen when she's not here. It was a reality slap in the face and it frightened me. So there's my, I think I've had, have I had one pot? I have had out of the four I've shared, I've literally had one positive. So please, please help bring the mood up with your number six. Well, I'm about to bring it back up for you. Uh, yeah. But I will say before I, I touch on mine, I did not have that on my list. And I'm glad you included that as well. Um, it, it's a really important uh, thing to consider. And, and it was a memorable moment. So, um, okay, my number six is royal babies yeah so, I have this, this year has really been 
Awesome. Yeah. This has been the year of Royal babies. Um, you know, I think all of these births have been fun. Every time a new baby is on the way, we get to play the guessing game of what the name will be. And then we get to guess when we'll see photos and it's just kind of a joyous time for everyone. So as a recap for our listeners, the Royal babies born this year, and I really hope I get this right. August Philip Hawk was born February 9th to princess Eugenie. Grace Elizabeth Jane Matthews was born March 15th to Pippa Middleton. Oh, I forgot Lucas about Grace. Born, yep. Lucas Philip Tyndall was born March 21st to Zara. Lilibet Diana Windsor Mountbatten was born June 4th to Megan. And Sienna Elizabeth Mapelli Mozzie was born September 18th to Princess Beatrice. And if that's not enough, you mentioned this earlier, Princess Sophia and Prince Carl Philip of Sweden had a baby boy in March. Prince Julian. So it has been royal babies galore in 2021. Um, I guess we know what everyone was doing during the COVID lockdowns, right? <laughs> yes. So I, I predicted that 2020 was going to be the year of the royal baby, but I was wrong. It was, it was 2021. And, um, you know, 2021 certainly made up for lost time. This is, this comes in at my number three. Um, so, you know, even though a major death happened, which I'm sure we're going to talk about in a second, what a beautiful year to celebrate new life in our favorite family. Absolutely. So, so we've hit I, on my five. I'm yeah. Sorry. You, we've hit on your six, right? Um, so my six was Royal Babies. And then we hit on five, which was Prince Andrew. We hit on my number four, which was the um, Jenny Packham gold gown. So my number three, and I know this is on your list, Rachel, um, another not great memorable moment um, to add to, to some of the ones you've already mentioned is the infamous Oprah interview with Harry and Meghan. Yep. Um, I've been curious to know where this falls on your list because I know it's on there um, and, and listeners don't have to speculate why, you know, it made both of our lists, but I really, honestly, I, I kind of hated including it because I didn't want to bring attention to this interview anymore, but it was unavoidable. You know, unfortunately it was memorable. And in my opinion, I've said this before on the podcast, not for good reasons. Um, I just felt the interview overall was done in poor taste. I felt there were a lot of damaging accusations with no proof or explanation to back them up. And I just really never could wrap my head around understanding why, um, why they'd want to sabotage the family in such a public way like that. Um, so it, it just was not a shining moment for me in 2021. What, what were your thoughts? Where did it fall for you? Uh, you want to guess where it fell for me? Was it number one? No, it was number two. This is my number two. So obviously we can't leave this one out. It was the interview heard literally around the world with Oprah's famous. Let's see if I can do my best Oprah. Were you silent? Or were you silenced? <laughs> that was a terrible Oprah. She does it much better. But um, echoing off of every corner of the globe. So you can listen to our episode from March, unpacking our thoughts on the interview. But this was probably one of the most significant pop culture and royal moments, not just of 2021, but of all time. And, you know, Oprah is a master interviewer. Rarely have we gotten such a candid glimpse behind the scenes of royal life. I'm also putting at number two, lumping in with Harry, Meghan, and Oprah, the me you can't see, which was Harry's kind of continuation this past May of some topics brought up in the Oprah interview in March. Uh, um, look, I'm all for addressing mental health and making it a part of the conversation, but I needed a little break from the Sussexes after those two back to back. And they gave us that. So now I need more of the Sussexes. So please come back and uh, bring Archwell Audio with you. Please. It's been almost <laughs> one calendar year. Today is December 21st. If we, I think December 29th will be one year of nothing. That is literally the most expensive podcast episode ever made. So that is my number two. So I'm going to go all the way back up to my number six, and I'm going to inject some positivity back into the conversation. So my number six was, was Earthshot and environmental activism. Did that make your list? It did not. It, it was close, but it did not. 
Yeah, there are a lot of, I, I think I said this last week, there are a lot of items on the cutting room floor and I had to, I lumped yeah. a few things together. So there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot that happened this year. So number six, um, Earthshot and environmental activism. So this was on my mind because last week, of course, we had a really interesting conversation with one of the co-authors of the book, Earthshot. And the more I think about it, right from the name of the Earthshot being a tribute to JFK's moonshot, to the thought put into the project, to the Earthshot Prize Awards with the green carpet, to Earthshot coming to the US next year. It has been a great year for environmental activism. And this has been a beloved cause of many royals from Philip to Charles to William to Harry. But I, I really do appreciate William's love for this planet and his work to keep it thriving for his children. This really is the work of his life and hopefully we'll all benefit from it. So that was my number six. And then I'll go right into my number five because we're already down to your number two, right? Yes, we are. Okay, so I've got to catch up. So my number five was the Diana resurgence. So unbelievably 2022 will mark 25 years since Diana's untimely passing. Unbelievable, right? But 2021 feels like the year of Diana. There is such a thing now as the Diana cinematic universe from Spencer to Diana the musical to the crown to the CNN six-part docuseries plus tons of podcasts. Diana feels as alive as she ever has in the past decade and also the Diana statue unveiling this summer brought two brothers at odds together and though she may no longer be with us physically her presence and her legacy is still deeply felt and it's also really hitting me that I will be 36 in 2022, which is the age she was when she died. Uh, that's that's jarring. Um, 36 sounded old when I was 10 in 1997, but it sure doesn't sound so old now. And the flip side of this is when will Diana ever get the peace she was robbed of in life? I mean, we're actually going to talk about this in a couple of weeks on the show, and I'm excited about that. So that's my number five. So, um, so anything to add was, to any of this? Yeah, that was actually my number one. Um, really? Yeah. So I, I put on here, you know, her, her 60th birthday and um, her statue unveiling. Um, I will echo a lot of what you said in my notes. I just mentioned um, one, I assume that would probably be your number one as well, because I know what a big fan of Diana that you are. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think there was just so much going on throughout this past year inspired by Princess Diana and, and honoring her. And I think people around the world were inspired by her style and her impact who maybe never paid much attention to her in the past. Um, you know, we saw movies, TV series, documentaries, plays, fashion lines, museum exhibits, the statue unveiling by Prince William and Prince Harry. And, you know, that was a brief moment where the brothers came together amidst their rift and they united just to honor her legacy and celebrate her life. And um, her memory lives on to this day. And people are still fascinated by her life experiences and the role that she played in the royal family and um, the way that she pushed so many boundaries and so that, that to me made my number one, because I think throughout this year, I have continued to kind of see inspiration brought back, brought on by her in so many ways um, that I just really couldn't forget it. So happy birthday to Princess Diana again. Um, and, you know, even 24 years after your death, you um, are one of our most memorable moments of 2021. Are, yeah I mean like you're 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 still here and um and you always will be because as long as William is is in line to the throne we'll always feel her presence so okay I'm going to back up to my number four you kind of already touched on this when you were talking about William and Kate's 10th wedding anniversary but my number four is royal wedding anniversaries and royally adjacent weddings. So 2021, obviously, as you mentioned, marked 10 years of marriage for William and Kate. It also marked 10 years of marriage for Zara and Mike. And we also saw a couple of royally adjacent folks like James Middleton and Ollie Zay Middleton which is her married name now, get married. And then, you know, we've, we've forgotten about Kitty Spencer's wedding. She got married in gorgeous, dramatic fashion, probably the fashion moment of the year. She had like six or seven oh, yeah. dresses. And yeah. um, while 2021 was really more the year of the royal baby than the year of the royal wedding, 
I love love. So I was happy to see weddings happen because it's going to be a minute before we get our next royal wedding. It's going to be like Louise, I think. And so that's going to be a little bit. So that was my number four. We've already covered my number three, royal babies, and my number two, Harry, Meghan, and Oprah. So are you ready for my number one? Um, I am. I have not done my number two yet. Oh, yeah. Do your number two. Okay. I didn't know if you wanted me to go back to doing it in order or how you wanted to do it. No, go number two. So my number two is, it's probably your number one, um, Prince Philip's funeral. Um, So I just said, you know, it was another low moment for the royal family this year, um, but quite memorable and a beautiful celebration of the Duke of Edinburgh's life. I think this really stuck with me because through all the mourning, we really, and I say, I say we, I think a lot of people, but even you and I, especially Rachel, we learned so much about his long life and all that he did in his 99, almost 100 years on this earth. And I felt like the funeral was so thoughtfully planned. It was exactly as he would have wanted. There were so many personal touches. Um, and, uh, it was definitely a, a Royal memory for me from this year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not surprisingly, number one for me is, is Philip's death and, and his funeral. Um, 99 years old, passed away in April. And not only did the queen lose the absolute love of her life, her husband of 73 years, but we lost the longest serving royal consort in history. Philip died, of course, as you just said, just shy of what would have been his 100th birthday in June. And, you know, what a life he lived reading Robert Jobson's biography of him, so much coverage of him. I mean, you know, 99 years is a long time to live, but he really lived those 99 years. And I know the queen misses him every day, as does his entire family. And I know this Christmas won't be the same without him. And I'm like feeling super protective of the queen. Like, please, you know, make sure she's not alone. I'm sure she won't be, but Um, This has been a, you know, obviously an extraordinarily difficult year for the queen for a hundred different reasons from Philip's death being number one to Andrew to the Oprah interview to her own health scares and so I am, I am hoping that 2022 is a brighter year for her. Me too. Um, I am looking forward to what's ahead in 2022 and I really hope our listeners enjoyed this list and I would love to know um, some of their royal memorable moments. So definitely send us a DM if you guys have some that maybe we missed. Um that would be really cool too. Share that with yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. What do we miss? And what what are your yeah, I'd love listeners to send us DMs or emails with their top 10. And I was going to ask you, what are you most looking forward to in 2022? If you had to dial it down, what are you looking forward to? Oh goodness. Um you know that's that's a really good question. I need to spend some time the next few weeks thinking about, um, you know, kind of my plans for next year, but, um, you know, really just having, you know, I, I think I'd like to, to maybe try some new things, learn some new skills and, and have some new beginnings, but also, um, you know, creating a, a sense of normalcy. I feel like the past few years, everything's just been a lot of change and a lot of adapting and, and kind of learning. And I think now is a time where, um, you know, we, we've done the change and we've done the, the adapting and, and it's time to, um, just really take control of life and continue to, to live life. You, you know, we can't expect, what's going to happen day to day, you know, there could be something new and different tomorrow that, that we didn't see coming, but we have to continue to live our lives through all of that and not put life on hold. So well said. Yeah. I mean, what about you? For me personally, um, I'm looking forward to really focusing on myself more. I've really spent the last couple of years focusing on romantic relationships or on my professional work, but I really in 2020, I'm not much of a new year's resolution person, but if I had one, it would be that I'm going to really spend this year focusing on my health, on what I want out of my future. I'm, you know, I mean, I'll just like go ahead and say this on the show because 
I kind of, you know, I, I tell, I, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that I'm really looking into starting to freeze my eggs this uh, next year, which is something I never thought I'd have to do, but something I'm really excited to do because it feels like I'm kind of taking control of my fertility journey, which feels just, you know, so um, uncertain at times. And, you know, and before I do eventually get pregnant, hopefully with, you know, the love of my life, but, you know, whenever that happens, I want to be healthy for that pregnancy. And so there's some changes I can make to be healthier. And um, I think, I think 2022 is going to be a big year, a good year. And, you know, from a Royal perspective, I'm really looking forward to the Platinum Jubilee. I, you know, we, we will probably never see another monarch have 70 years on the throne. And I'm looking forward to some Royal books like Tina Brown's The Palace Papers in April. Harry will have his memoir in late 2022. Of course, Andrew's trial will, ha will happen. I'm not looking forward to that. I am looking forward to it being over and hopefully some justice being done. And uh, maybe, just maybe, we, we, I'm going to harp on this until it happens. We will get another episode of Archwell Audio. Imagine, <laughs> imagine, Jessica, if we got paid $25 million for one podcast episode where we outsourced the work and barely said anything. How incredible would that be? <laughs> I don't, you know, hey, I don't know that we would have done 50. Maybe that's why they only did one. <laughs> yeah, why would we need to do 50? Whatever 25 times 50 is, we'd be bajillionaires by now. So... <laughs> Oh, okay. I really love doing that. Like, I mean, I know this is only our second one and it's going to be another year before we do another end of the year roundup, but that's really fun. Yeah, it really is. Um, I think it's something we both look forward to. And I especially love that we don't share our list ahead of the podcast. So it's a surprise for us as well. Yeah, it is. And you thought of a lot of things that I'm really glad the, like the Mila thing, I, I, and the Harry and James Corden thing, I completely, I was just, I guess I was having a bad day when I wrote this list because my list is very <laughs> negative, but um, just as a programming note, so we are taking next week off for the holidays. So no episode, December 29th, we will be back. However, on January 5th, with a really special episode with a really special guest and uh, as we wrap up, wanted to remind listeners, you can catch the Queen's annual Christmas broadcast at 3 p.m. UK time. That is 10 a.m. Eastern time, 9 a.m. Central time, and 7 a.m. Pacific time. So we wish all of you a happy holiday, whichever holiday you celebrate. We'll be back January 5th with a really special episode. And anything else before we end 2021? We have, you know, 2020, we started the show and we only did it in November and December. We did this whole doggone year. So I'm proud of us. I am too. And I'll close by saying Christmas is a, a pretty big holiday for you and I. Mm -hmm. um, we've talked on here before, you know, we are, are both Christians. And um, so Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. Um, and, and just remember, you know, to spend some time with your family and friends. And um, don't forget the true reason for the season absolutely there's nothing more important to you and i this this time of year than the reason for the season so merry christmas happy new year don't forget to follow us on instagram at podcast royal maybe for christmas i'll give all of you my third post of the year <laughs> um email us but we do check dms so please dm us Email us at hellopodcastroyal at gmail.com. Seriously, we'd love to hear your top 10 list. Uh, that, that is fun for us. And follow, rate, and review our show. We made it to episode 50, and that is exciting. So here's to 2022 and all of the joy it will bring. We'll see you next year. Bye. Bye.